We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to our next podcast. This is part two, Vince, of our breakdown of Notre Dame's matchup against Oklahoma State, looking at it from a perspective of who are the players that when we look at this game, when you're sitting in the press box and I'm sitting in the stands and we're breaking down the film afterwards, that we look at and say, boy, heading in, these are the guys we're keying on mm-hmm. because them playing well or not could have the biggest impact in the game. And now, look, when you're playing a team, and we talked about this in the offensive show, now we're going to talk about the defense. But as we said, look, to win a game like this, you can't have four or five guys playing great and everybody else playing bad. Everybody has to do their job. But these guys playing at the – and it's we're going to cheat again because we can. It's, it's going to be three players and then one position that we're going to focus on. How these players perform is going to have a big impact on this game because – we don't expect the Notre Dame offense to just steamroll Oklahoma State. In no. a bowl game, anything can happen. I could, I would have, if you'd have told me that Texas Tech was going to beat Mississippi State 34 to 7 in their bowl game, I'd have said, get out of here. You know, <laughs> right. bowl games are weird like that. Right. So, but just looking at the matchup, looking at the film, that's not what the expectation is going into this game. So, Notre Dame's defense is going to have to really dominate their matchup to mm-hmm. make sure that the offense, A, has time to get rolling, or B, if the offense is playing well, they can put some distance and really help win this game because this is your strength against their weakness. Absolutely. If you look at it, you know, if you if you take the assumption, for argument's sake, that one side of the ball is your strength and one side of the ball is your weakness relative to your strength, this is clearly a strength for – defense is clearly a strength for Oklahoma State – their offense is is not like Notre Dame's, where Notre Dame's is pretty good. It's just not great. Oklahoma State's offense is kind of mediocre-ish. Okay, they've had a couple good games here and there against not good teams, but more often than not, they're a twenty to 27, 28 point per game team against anybody that's any any good. And Notre Dame's defense has been really good. Notre Dame's defense has given up what twenty three points in the month of November combined not in per game but combined yeah, yeah you have to dominate this matchup but th- it's not going to be easy 
There's some talent on the other side of the field. So when we look at this, there's three, there's really two players and then two positions actually that are, are going to be key. And it boils down to about, about six players, but it, you know, yeah. one same position, the other is sort of the same unit. So when we dive into it, Vince, I think the first one we need to talk about is the Notre Dame safeties. And I know Agreed. we talk a lot about, you know, hey, look, they've gotten used to this. There's no Kyle Hamilton. They've played six games without Kyle Hamilton. Well, Oklahoma State now has an entire month to break down every single bit of Notre Dame's film without Kyle Hamilton. They're going to have a much better feel for the weaknesses of this safety group than what the previous opponents had, who were still adjusting to learning about the Notre Dame defense. And then the last two teams who had any kind of chance to have enough film to watch just weren't any good. Right. You know, Georgia Tech was playing with their backup quarterback. He wasn't any good. Stanford had their starting quarterback in the game, but their offense just wasn't very good. They actually did have a couple plays where they burnt. They beat the safeties for two big plays in that game, if you think about it. Or no, one big play in that game. Well, two, one got called back because of a penalty. So they had two big plays in that game against the safeties. Oklahoma State's going to see all that and say, okay, how can we take advantage of it? So if Notre Dame is going to limit big plays, which is a huge key in this game, the safeties have to play well. And the two guys that I think have a chance to have the biggest impact, Vince, are the younger players. Yes. Xavier Watts and Ramon Henderson. And yeah, I, I had them both written down, uh, but they played the same position. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a combination of the two. Ramon Henderson is getting the start. Xavier Watts is considered his backup. Uh, but since we're talking about the entire position, you know, Houston Griffith is a huge part of this. DJ Brown is a huge mm-hmm. part of this. You know, those are now the veterans at this group. And it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you know, a year ago, we didn't know if Houston Griffith was even going to be on the team. And, and now he's the veteran at that position. So it, it's huge. You know, are, are they going to be peeking in the backfield a little bit too much? You know, are they going to turn the wrong direction on a, a play action and get burned mm-hmm. over the top, right? Um, you know, there's all these, are they going to get over where they need to in a cover two quick enough uh, so that they can take away mm-hmm. that, that insert throw that's above the corner and below the safety, right? All of those things. Will they take are, the right angles on drive routes and not get beat on a post-snap run by a player like they did against Stanford? Absolutely. Where DJ Brown and Xavier Watts both took bad angles of the ball and allowed a tight end to run for a long touchdown. Oklahoma right. State had guys that can make you pay like that if Absolutely. you do similar things like that. Absolutely. So it, it it's all of the above with the safeties because you know this is what um is this is this Ramon's what third start? Basically, yeah. Fun? Well, yeah, because right his first start, start was against Virginia. No, he started more than that. His first start was okay. against Virginia, right? And that was the, the – then he played against – he started against Stanford and, and Georgia Tech. Okay. Now, against Stanford, however, he didn't play much because he came out with a hamstring injury. That's right. So he okay. really only started and played two full games. He came right. out – he only played like 10 or 11 snaps, I think, against Stanford. So it, he's really only played two full games at, at, okay. at safety. Okay. So this is like his third full game, right? And so this is – we don't know that much about Ramon Henderson. I mean, bottom line is he was a corner, and we were like, man, you get worried when 11's on the field, right? And now he's starting at safety. So that's a huge turnaround for him. And we we just don't know that much about him. And Xavier Watts started the season at wide receiver, and now he's an integral part in the safety rotation. So there's so many question marks about this group, and they don't have their All-American. Right. And right. and if if you were going to start one of these guys opposite Kyle Hamilton, you'd be like, oh, you know, OK, it's right. fine, whatever. Fine. But right. that's not the case. Yeah. And uh, and he's not there 
to, you know, whisper sweet nothings in their ear on the sideline this time around. I mean, you know, maybe he'll be there, but it's not going to be in the same capacity. Won't be as involved. He won't be. He's not been around at practice. He hasn't been involved in games. He's not going to have the earpiece in. He's not going to, you know, it's going to be different. Coach Kyle, like we talked about before bowl prep. You know he's going pro, and Notre Dame said, "Hey, you know you got to do you, but we got to move forward. It's fine." So, but he won't be there be to, to, to provide that. And the other thing too, Vince is, you know we've we've used this, we've we've mentioned this before in shows, and we did a radio show recently that we talked together that we talked about this on WSBT, where you know, look, Notre Dame's had six games getting used to playing with Kyle, without Kyle Hamilton. This isn't right. about can they play without Kyle Hamilton, right? This is about can they play well. That's the question mark. Yeah. And can they can they execute their job at a high level? It's not about learning how to play without Kyle. They've learned how to play without Kyle Hamilton. This is now you're playing against a really good team. You haven't played against a really good team or a really good offense. The best you can say is Virginia. But and I thought they played great against Virginia, but you have to admit that Virginia didn't have a starting quarterback. Now, should they still have been better than three? I mean, Virginia went from a 40 point per game team to a three points against Notre Dame. I don't think that's all about the quarterback. I mean, I think they did some really good things in that I game. Too, However, yeah. that's not a that's not a great team, and sure. you could kind of there were things you could do in that game you can't do in this game, and that's the concern is because you've got to deal with a a big physical running back that is going to get to the second level a couple times, or at least you have to protect the second level, and there's going to be receivers that are good in space and can be take you beat you over over the top. That if you don't play your game, they're going to rip off a couple big plays. And as we've talked about this, the one thing that Notre Dame cannot do in this game, cannot do, is give up four or five big plays. Because that's how Oklahoma State get, makes enough plays to win the game. Absolutely. And, and, and I, yeah. the safeties uh, are, to me, run game and pass game, Vince, the safeties are a big part of that. And, and I'll even add to this, because of the running ability, the, the escape ability of Spencer Sanders – when he gets outside the pocket, right? Let's say he's scrambling, okay? He gets outside the pocket. You can't lose track of where those receivers are. Because yep. if they get behind you, yep. then that's just if an you easy come up, throwing catch. Ball goes yeah. over the top. Yep. Exactly. And so you have to be assignment sound until he yeah. breaks that line of scrimmage. Yep. Then you can rally to the football. Right. Right. You, you let can't him run for eight, nine, ten yards before you let him throw it over. Because the thing exactly. is, Vince, you got to make Oklahoma State earn every point they get. Because if Absolutely. they do that, they're not going to score a lot. I agree. They're going to score because they create some big they, – they're, they're, they've got a good scheme. It's a, it's a more conservative scheme, but it's still a good scheme this year. They're going to take some shots down the field. They're going to see that Notre Dame's safeties have had issues tackling at times. Right, sure. They're going to see that on film, sure. and they're going to find ways to isolate their guys down the field and on the perimeter against the safeties. Right. They have to tackle well. They have to be assignment correct. They have to take good angles to the football and the run a pass game. Do that, and I think they'll be okay. Make those mistakes, because as we've seen, we saw it against Florida State twice with a safety, right, where DJ on the run and Houston on the re- on the reception. We saw it on one of the 60-yard gains against against Toledo, where K.J. Wallace goes under. It's a bad, right, bad over, angle, right? right? Three first two games, three individual mistakes, just three mistakes, three total mistakes. That's it, just three total resulted in an 80 plus yard touchdown run, resulted in a was about a 50 yard touchdown pass and a 66 yard pass. Right? Saw the same thing against Stanford. One miss, one play where two safeties make a mistake, and it's a long touchdown pass for Stanford. 
right? And so when it comes to safeties, when safeties make mistakes, those mistakes tend to be <laughs> bigger, impactful yeah, mistakes. Absolutely. And and Oklahoma State sees that. Here's the nice thing about bowl games. You can watch every game a team plays and break down and have data from every game a team plays. And you're going to see, like, you going back to the beginning of the year, like, you know what? These safeties have a hard time in space. And if it wasn't for number 14 making two ridiculous plays in the Florida State game, right. who knows how that turns out, right? Because why? A guy got turned loose, and your All-American safety comes from the backside of the field and picks up. Nobody else is going to do that. Not one person right? in the country. Ramon can come close, and he had a play like that. I think it was against Virginia where he did come close, but – Right. There's 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 close and then the same. right, it wasn't the same. <laughs> right. right. So you don't have that eraser back there. So right. playing sound football is going to be the key for this mm-hmm. group. Notre Dame basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Notre Dame tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T I C K P I C K is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all Notre Dame tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their Irish tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The Irish have an exciting veteran group infused with young talent that should take them deep into March. I can't wait to get out and watch the Irish play in person at Purcell Pavilion and so can you with TickPick. Visit TickPick.com Irish today to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. Again, that's TickPick.com Irish and you'll receive $10 off your first order of Notre Dame tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep. That is also true, Vince, for my number two player, and that is J.D. Bertrand. Yeah. I mean, you could pick any linebacker. We could have cheated and said the linebackers as a whole, but I'm going J.D. because when J.D.'s played well, you don't run on Notre Dame. Yeah. You just you don't. When J.D.'s yeah. not yeah. playing well, North Carolina comes to mind. You can hurt Notre Dame, number one, because he'll get sometimes he gets too he gets blocked a little too. He just allows himself to be blocked. Sure. And then sometimes he either over pursues a play or he just, you know, in coverage, he gets beat. 
I'm not as concerned about the coverage aspect of it, although they're going to run their backs on JD. They will. They're just going to. It's more so the run game. You've yeah. got a 5'8", 215-pound bowling ball in Jalen Warren running at this guy's. He's a he's a one cut, right. yeah. and he is a one cut guy that if it's you and him in the hole, he's gonna put his little short little stubby self in under your chin and just boom bowl you over. JD has not always handled that well because he's he'll find himself out of position. Now sure. if JD's coming downhill, I'll take JD on that one. Right. The point being is if JD Bertrand plays at the level he's played at time, like especially early in the season. If he plays, if we see the good JD, like we saw against Toledo, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, you are not running on Notre Dame Saturday. You're right. just not. If we see JD sort of not being on top of his game, then he's going to get beat by a running back or a tight end up the seam. He's going to get, he's going to turn a drag route loose and he's not going to get up underneath it. And he's going to have two or three just bad fits where you rip out, cash them. Those yeah. are the kind of plays. It, that's going to be a theme for these next two next, you know, the, all three, our first three parts of this breakdown all revolve around that right there. Can't give up the big plays. You have to make this offense earn it. Cause they're not good enough to do that for 60 minutes. They're not, it'll be like Notre Dame, Alabama last year where, you know, out, Notre Dame had that one great 15 play series, but they did it once. They can't do yeah. it. Snap out series after right. series. <clears throat> Where they can have success is if they are able to rip off four or five, maybe six big plays, you know, 30-plus yard plays. That's how they stay in this game and potentially win this game. And J.D. is part two of eliminating that and making sure that they find themselves in third and seven and third and eight or second and 12 and those type of plays. Got to keep it. Notre Dame needs J.D. to be on top of his game, 100%. Yeah, because I don't don't see Oklahoma State – coming up with third and longs very often, right? Mm-hmm. And and they need to be on schedule for them to be good. And when JD's on, there's not many people in the country that fill holes the way he does when mm-hmm. he coming downhill. Like he comes downhill so well when he's reading it and reacting and playing with a confidence level that you need to be to be an inside linebacker, right? Um, it's been so much fun to watch, frankly. And, and mm-hmm. we saw it. From the beginning of fall camp, you know, all the way through the season, right? And and it's it's been really impressive to watch. But he needs to be on. You're absolutely right because, right. and we talked about this the other day. He's still a little undersized, right? He's right. he's not Bo Bauer in, in you know size wise, right? Um, and so he's going to need to make up with for that with his reading capabilities is a his ability to to read the play to come downhill you know all of those different things block destruct you know etc 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 he needs to make up for it with that and when he does he's great i mean Mm -hmm. i don't have any problem with him being undersized he's fantastic but he needs to be able to do that for notre dame to be effective in the run game and if you can shut down their run game and force spencer sanders to be a passer He'll make a couple plays here and there, but it won't be enough to beat you. I mean, it's it's yeah. It, it, I like Notre Dame's chances in that right. in that scenario, right? So uh, I, I think I think it was a really good decision. I didn't have him on my list, and then when you brought him up, it was like, yeah, absolutely, he's going to need to play well for them to play well. No question right. about it. Because when you look at the Notre Dame North Carolina game. Sam Howell hurt Notre Dame with his legs, but the reason they scored 34 points that game is because he also threw for 341 yards. There was also a lot of big plays in the pass game. Yeah. And if you eliminate those, Notre Dame was on the verge of just rolling 
North Carolina. If you remember, like in the third quarter, they'd kind of gone up and they they just needed a stop, and then North Carolina gets a big play and they're right back in it. Right. Notre Dame had chances to 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 put that game away and make it a blowout, and they they couldn't do it because they gave up too many big plays in that game. Eliminate the big plays, and that is a twenty four to twenty seven point win for Notre Dame, in my opinion. Absolutely. That could be the same thing here. The difference is. You're doing that now against the defense that is not going to let you score 44 points, in my opinion. If they do, no. then this is just – I mean, if Notre Dame scores that many points in this game, I mean, we're going to go into this offseason just, I mean, fired up. This is a really good defense. I just do not anticipate that. Now, if they played Oklahoma State three years ago, different story. Sure, but sure. This is a different. this is a different unit. Mm-hmm. Number three, Vince. Call a little bit of audible here. We talked before the show – about talking a lot about Cam Hart. Best laid plans. And 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 the, the impact that Cam Hart needs to have in this game. And the reason we're going away from Cam Hart is because I feel like, you know, I expect Cam to play well. Yeah. And and I, I think that's ex- why you're moving. Yeah, away from I don't him. expect Oklahoma State to really do a lot on him. I mean, it, it, it's like Cam when Cam got hurt late in the year, it's almost like he kind of stopped paying attention because they just weren't throwing at him anymore. Yeah, and then that one time he just kind of isn't locked in, and they complete a stop route or something, you know, sure. like because he just wasn't used to to why aren't they throwing at me? He's getting you know? bored. Yeah, right. yeah, it's the kind right. of thing. I expect Cam to play well. I think the concern I have is the other side of the field, where I think Oklahoma State is going to attack Notre Dame. That doesn't mean they won't go at Cam, but it's more about what we've seen is when teams have success throwing the ball down the field. It's not against Cam. Absolutely. It's against Tariq Bracey at times, yeah. but not a lot, but really Clarence Lewis. And Clarence has had a really up and down season, which you should expect from a sophomore. Right. And that's the kind of thing. It's like sometimes think people forget we forget that how young he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's exactly. a sophomore who played a half, basically started a half a year last year. And we're treating him like a veteran because Cam had never really played. Right. And there's a ton of freshmen on the team. Clarence is a sophomore. He's still a young player. And he's played in some big games in a very short period of time. I and mean, he's played twice against Clemson. He's played against Alabama. He's played in some big games. And when we've seen good Clarence, he's been pretty good. But we've also seen bad Clarence this year. And that's when he gets beat deep. There, there was a couple games against Wisconsin is the first one that comes to my mind where we talked about after the game, like they had him beat and the quarterback just missed. Yeah. Maybe that happens to Spencer Sanders because he's prone to just miss wide open guys, but then he'll just drop a dime on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you you can't you can't be in those situations. And and they're gonna go after him in two ways. Number one, they're gonna try to beat him deep because that's really I think the Achilles heel because he's not a burner and he also tends to be a little uh, he his transitions at times transition is when you're kind of in your pedal or you're or you're working back. And the guy gets on you, and and you've got to open up and run with him. That's right. a trans. You're you're transitioning from backpedal to running. There are a lot of times where that's where Clarence gets beat. That's where he loses a guy. It's mm-hmm. in. It's not once he gets downfield, they just outrun him. It's not you know he he you know just gets jam, you know he misses a jam. I mean he misses a jam as much as any other corner. Not often, right? It's going to happen to the best of from time to time. It's when he is when he loses a guy in the transition. Oklahoma State's going to see that, and they're going to test him deep. Okay, the other one is is they're going to try to get him chasing, and and they're going to try to run levels concepts where they're getting him chasing across the field when they when they've got Notre Dame and man, that's where he's going to have to play well. 
And if Clarence can have a good game, especially against the pass, then I think Oklahoma State's going to be in trouble. Barring the safeties just utterly collapsing, which we don't anticipate. If Clarence plays well also, that takes a little bit of pressure off the safeties because we think Cam's going to play well. If Clarence also plays well, and I expect Tariq Bracey to have a nice game too. I'm, I'm actually feeling good about where Tariq is at right now. Clarence is the guy that if Clarence, if we see good Clarence in this game, Oklahoma State's in trouble. Yeah, you're in trouble because you're gonna have a yeah. you're gonna have a hard time getting enough big plays down the field to win this game, and so that's why I went with Clarence Lewis. Vince is, yeah, we could talk about you know Cam could shut a guy down, but Cam could hold his guy to one catch well, for four yards, and that's and Notre Dame gives up 280 passing yards. This, this is why I like this audible is because no, number one, I've I've grown to expect certain things from Cam Hart, and he has not disappointed me yet. Um, in, in an overall, you know, it's been like a play here, a play there, which you expect from a guy that's never played corner before. But overall, I've been very happy with the way Cam Hart has played. And so I have a lot of confidence in how he's going to play. The second reason is Oklahoma state doesn't necessarily have that one guy that you need to shut down. Like some of these other offenses that Notre Dame has played in the past. You you can make an argument for Tate Martin, but if you take Tate Martin out of the game, it doesn't ruin their offense. Exactly. And so you take Josh Downs out of North Carolina's offense. They don't win. If you shut down, if you keep Drake London from wrecking a game, they 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 don't win. Exactly. If Notre Dame keeps Alec Pierce from taking that game over, Notre Dame wins that game. Sure. They don't have Tay Martin is not, is not Drake London. He's not Josh right. Downs. Right. He's not those players. Exactly. In my and opinion. so that's why, so it's not like Cam Hart's going to be on that one alpha guy who you right. need to take away for this offense to, to, to click. Right. right. So they're going to spread the ball around there because they don't have an alpha receiver. Right. right? And so. I mean, they, they not, have one for what they do. I mean, what Tay they, Martin right. has almost twice as many yards and, sure. and 30 more catches than anybody else on the team, but he's not like your point. He's not a game record. Exactly. Unless you're just making mistakes. And if he does, I think it's going to be in matchups against Clarence Lewis. Right. Exactly. And so that, that's why I have no problem moving over and talking about Clarence Lewis, because I think that's more of the question mark as to he's had some ups, he's had some downs. You said good Clarence, bad Clarence. I could not agree more. makes me think of the wonderful of wonderful life. Whenever you keep saying Clarence, I want to live again, Clarence. (laughs) Um, but it, it, you're absolutely right. It, it's going to hinge on the way Clarence Lewis plays, not necessarily on the way that Cam Hart plays, right. because I have a lot of faith in what Cam Hart has done already this season. And, and I don't think we're giving Tate Martin enough credit. And this is partly me too, because we haven't talked. I mean, they don't have a great receiver. And I don't think Tate is a great receiver. But he is a kid that caught 70 passes for oh, 942 yeah. yards and basically missed two games. Sure. If he plays against Tulsa and Boise State, he's over a thousand yards. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got four games this year with over a hundred yards this season. Yeah, he's and only, he has he's four more games over 80. eighty-eight. Yeah, he's right. And he like didn't play two yards. games. Yeah, you know. So this <laughs> is a kid that. But what? So what we're referring to is just like that. That no one's talking about Tay Martin coming out being a first-round draft pick like Drake or London a finals for the Bolitnikov, like David Bell was. Right. right? They don't have that guy. This receiving core reminds me a lot more of Purdue's, though, as a whole. Meaning, there's, you know, David Bell. Like, I'm talking about other than David Bell. Right, like, no, like, no, I could see I'm that. I'm talking yeah. about, like, Milton Wright and Jax- Jackson Anthrop, where none of those guys are great players, but they're good, well-coached players. And they can make you pay if you're not on top of your game. Because they're going to scheme real well. They're going to do post-snap switches that make you communicate, make you talk make you have to read number one to two. And then that's where we kind of forget that Cam Hart or Clarence Lewis is a really young player. 
Yeah, exactly. He's going to be more vulnerable to those things now than he was. Yeah, exactly. Because he play. He's a very. He just looks mature. He just you know he he looks you know stronger. He just he doesn't look like a sophomore, I I guess. And I don't know what that even means. But I just look at him. I don't think sophomore. You know. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. And and so that's the thing with Clarence is he's going to have to be on his game because they are going to go after him with Tay Martin and some of these other guys. I just I. I, that's just my anticipation. I do. I mean, I would just, I'd be surprised if they say, Hey, we're going to put Tay Martin on Cam Hart all game. I just, I don't think that's good coaching. No, and I, I think they're good coaches. I think they are. An excellent and so coaching staff, now it's I up agree. to Cam Hart or Clarence Lewis to say challenge accepted, you mm-hmm. know, because if you think you're going to put your best guy on me, you all have no chance. Cause I'm, I'm taking him out. Right. That's, that's where, that's the challenge that's in front of Clarence Lewis. And so that's why when I watch this game on defense, I'm going to have you watching the line and I'm going to be keying in right in on the safeties and Clarence Lewis. Sure. That's going to be the key for me yep. is watching how he plays in this game. So, Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That is our third player player that uh, we're focused on. The fourth and final aspect is kind of the defensive line, but really zeroing in on two players. Yeah. And that is Jason Adamiola and Isaiah Foskey. And we've talked a lot about them leading up to this game, and we're going to really zero in on this now and just really hammer out the point of why we're talking about them, Vince. And that is, to me, to win games like this, top 10 opponent, Big 12 regular season champ. Your defense against their defense, this is one of the few times this year that Notre Dame's met, played a team whose defense is better than theirs. One time, they didn't step up, right, and make enough plays. That would be Cincinnati. Now, they made some big plays that game, but they also gave up a couple big plays that they shouldn't have given up, and that yeah. cost them the game. Against Wisconsin, they <laughs> stepped up and outplayed Wisconsin's defense. Absolutely. Right? And so now it's your third your third crack at this where you're playing a defense that's statistically and mm-hmm. reputation-wise as good or better than you, reputation-wise. Sure. And so you've got to step up and play well. 
And in order to win those type of games, Vince, your dudes have to play like dudes. And Absolutely. what I mean by that is your best players have to play like your best players. And and to me, the two best players on Notre Dame's football team, Notre Dame's defense right now, are Jason Adamuel and Isaiah Foskey. With Kyle Hamilton out, and he's been out for a while, these are your two best players. Now, Kurt mm-hmm. Heinisch is more, you know, experienced, and he's clutch, and Meyer Tungvalo is, you know, you, that's not a knock on any of them. There's some players that have NFL futures. We just talk, got done talking about a cornerback and Cam Hart that has an NFL future. If he comes back next year, we think that he will and, and continues to grow and mold under Mike Mickens. I think next year people are talking about him in the same way they're talking about, you know, Kobe Bryant and Ahmed Gardner, right? Sure. But right now, their two best players are Isaiah Foskey and Jason Adamiola. That means if you want to win this game, those are your dudes. They got to play like it. Yep. No question. And to me, that's why, Vince, they are – because we kind of went reverse order. You know, on these, that's why we did Jack Cone last in the offensive one. That's why we're doing them here. Because if these two players play to their potential for 60 minutes, it makes all those other guys we talked about better. Because there's so many different things you can do defensively if you don't have to scheme your way to getting pressure on uh, Spencer Sanders, right? If you can do it with four – if you can do it with Foskey on the edge and you can do it with Jason Amiola up the middle and that front four is playing the way this front four can play, right? The way we feel like this front four can play, it just allows you to do so much mm-hmm. more in the back. And it allows you to be so much more dangerous in the back. And and they need to play well. I, and look, does that mean not bringing a fifth guy every now and again? No, it doesn't mean that. Absolutely you want to do that because you, you want to scheme your way into getting some pressures and some things like that because – but what Guess do I always say, Vince? State is good. What do I always I mean, say? You blitz because you want to, not because not you because have you to. have to. Absolutely correct. And and that's where that's the situation that you want to be in in this game. Mm-hmm. And in order to be in that situation, these two guys specifically need to play well because when right. Jason Adamiola plays well, he, you don't he's run a on Notre record. Dame. He's a game. You, record. you can't run on Notre yeah. Dame when he's dominating. You just absolutely. go ask Wisconsin. Right. Go ask Wisconsin what it's like trying to run on Notre Dame when Jason Adamiola is balling. Right. And they're going to be like, well, we don't know. We don't know how to do that because we didn't do (laughs) it. We figured it out. We averaged 215 yards a game. We had like 70-something against Notre Dame, right? Yeah. We have no idea how to run on them when Jason Adamiola is playing well. How do you keep your quarterback upright when Isaiah Foskey's just on his game on the edge? Because, look, we've talked about this offensive line. They're a solid offensive line. They play really well together. But in a one-on-one situation – Notre Dame's guys can be better. Right. I mean, that they can get the best of this Oklahoma State offense if they're playing at their best. I like so, the so practically. I what does them playing well do? And there's a couple things to that. Number one, sort of big picture, it Clarence Lewis doesn't have to guard as long if they're <laughs> if they're playing as well, right? Number Absolutely. one, it creates a, them playing well creates more negatives, and not just them, but other players creates more negatives it means you don't have to cover as much. It means you can kind of keep things in front of you more, which is then mm-hmm. where a tipped pass or, you know, Spencer Sanders sailing a ball because he's getting pressured ends up hitting Clarence Lewis right in the chest because he's playing off coverage and just driving on stuff. And that's, we've seen Spencer Sanders do that several times this year. Right. But that all starts because these guys are playing well. 
and and it has an impact where on the safeties where they're not you don't have to worry about them getting run by because the quarterback doesn't have enough time to wait to let the guy beat them deep right right those and then the big plays become they may get one or two on a back shoulder or something like that and that's going to happen i mean they're not going to have 120 yards of offense they're going to make their fair share of plays you just can't let it be more than you know the real big plays and you can't let them be you can't let it be for touchdowns i mean right and you can't you you can't have six or five or six plays of 30 plus yards, you know, where they're at 200 yards basically on six plays, right? You can't, you can't let that happen either. The point being that these are the guys that, like you said, the, the, the phrase that, that we like to use, it's one of the few things Brian Kelly said that I really liked is game wrecker. And it's a great way of explaining it because the other part of what it does is if these two guys are, is, are on their game. We talked about this in a show yesterday. This, the way that Notre Dame lines up a lot of times, those two guys are on the same side of the field together on first and second down. If they're dominating you, one of two things has to happen. In the run game, you have to either start running right at them or trying to figure out ways to run away from them. Or the third option is you have to kind of go away from spreading the field and start getting more of your 12 personnel in the game. That means that diamond formation that we broke down last week where they can kind of kick those guys out on the edge. They can try to get more of a, a more aggressive double team on Jason and try to use their big tight ends on Isaiah those type of things are things that you can try to do, but that takes them out of their game. The spread right. in the field, putting athletes on the field, those kind of things. If they have to get into 12 personnel a lot just to not get their butts whooped in the run game by Jason and Isaiah, that's a win for Notre Dame. If in the pass game, if they have to slide their protection to that side where Jason and Isaiah are on first or second down, then that makes them more vulnerable to one-on-ones from Justin Adamiola, one-on-ones from Myron Tungvaloamosa, Kurt Heinish. Kurt Heinish is a guy that if you go back and watch this film this year, the few times where teams are are single cup, single blocking him in the pass game, he, he, he pushes his way into the pocket. Exactly. And so if you have to slide to them, it's a lot harder for you to do anything other than solo block Kurt Heinish. That's a matchup that's pro Notre Dame. Then if you start bringing field pressures because they slid their protection over there, you're now eating up, you're now eating up that back with a field pressure. And now you've got the one-on-ones plus a back coming. Those are things that you like. Now, if suddenly we bring a corner fire, looking at it from a Notre Dame defensive coaching standpoint, you know, if we're bringing a corner fire and you're trying to slide over here, now all of a sudden, like we're bringing stuff from all over. Now you're in trouble. Absolutely. Because you're so focused on stopping those two guys. We now have found a vulnerability in your protection because you've had to overcompensate to block those two guys. Right. And in sports and overcompensating is rarely a good thing. Right. right. Because right. it leaves you vulnerable somewhere else a good thing ever. or it exposes you for being weak somewhere else. Right. Sure. So if you have to overcompensate to protect those two, it just opens up other positive matchups for you. Because if you're going to go into this game thinking we got a triple team, you know, three we need to have three, three guys two. on those two all the time, right? And you know we're gonna we're gonna solo block forty one and ninety five and nine. That Good hasn't luck. worked out well for teams this year. Well, and it if those guys can do what they do, right? And they're penetrating and they're getting they're they're doing what they need to do. That means there's nobody coming up and blocking JD Bertrand. There's and nobody coming up right. and blocking Drew White they're playing right. downhill. And they're playing downhill. I mean, so the play of of, of Foskey and Adamiola 
directly affects the other guy and i'm pointing right. at my thing like you guys can see it i <laughs> it directly affects every other person and every other group that we just talked about it affects the safeties it affects right. the corners and it affects the linebackers in a positive way and so that's why we save these guys for last because they are so important and they directly affect everybody behind them so that i mean it's 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 so obvious i guess but at the same time so important it's it's the, obvious but it's not easy absolutely I mean, they yeah. got a scheme well they just can't line them up with the three technique in the edge and the boundary just, just okay right. just go i mean <laughs> there needs to be some creativity you'll know, get them in matchups but you know that's, that's the other interesting thing about it too vince is if they're getting a push and getting penetration one of the things we've always talked about in the run game is you want to make that back cut and make his first cut behind the line of scrimmage yeah. The deeper behind he's making his behind the line he's making his cut, the easier it is to rally to the football. And that's what and it means he's push. getting no momentum downfield. That's right, right? Yep. And so those are the things you want to see, and that's how you shut down their run game. Because as we talked yesterday, their run game is really inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And if their run game can't get going, then this is an off. This offense is going to struggle. And and so that's what I like about this matchup. If those two guys play well, then the other position groups we talked about. They're going to be just fine. Directly affected. They're going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. Because you know Myron Tungvalo is going to bring it. Oh, And you know Kurt Kurt Heinz is going to bring it. It's going to be the last time he's going to be wearing a Notre Dame jersey. I mean. I do not. I would not want to be faced off against Kurt Heinz the last time he knows he's playing at Notre Dame. That does not not sound like a fun day to me. Right. You know what I mean? Seriously. You know Myron's going to do the same. They're captains for a reason. Yes. They're very experienced players. They've played in two playoffs. You know, they've played in ACC title games. They've played in the big Monday night games. I mean, th- they are the last really as parts of the of the turnover. They were part of that 2017 team that got this thing turned. They've played against Georgia twice. I mean, these yeah. kids have been in some big games. This is their last one at Notre Dame. Right. You know dang well they're going to bring it. And if they're and if they're doing that and they're facing one on ones <laughs> because you're you can't block the other two guys, right? I mean, <clears throat> you know, I'll reiterate again why Mike Elson was not the Broyles Award nominee from Notre Dame, and right. this is the kind of game where it could become. It's not a shot on Tommy Reese. It's not. It's just more about Coach Elson not getting enough natural recognition for the type of D line he he's he's built. But this is the kind of game where it needs to be at its best. Yes. And if it's at its best, that's what I loved about the 2018 D-line, Vince, because that's what also frustrates me about the Clemson game because the numbers Clemson put up are not indicative of how well the front four played in that game. They were a couple big plays, and and that was really it. I mean, that D-line whooped Lawrence but the entire game. Dominated. They hit him so dang much. And they they played well in that in 2018. They played well in big games. You know, the D line had big money plays against Michigan that year. Just just destroyed Stanford. I mean, Jerry Tillery just embarrassed Stanford in that game. I mean, just destroyed. I think he had what like four sacks. The Syracuse game. Syracuse came into that game scoring forty like forty two points per game. They scored three. Three. That's a right. lot of it was because of how good that D line was. So that was the last. That was the the neck. The most recent D line that you could compare is who's better, this one or that one. Sure. Well, this one has to prove that they can be on their game in the big moments. Right. This is their last opportunity to do that as this group. It's gonna be fun to watch. I can't wait to see it. <clears throat> but the two younger guys, right, Adam Mule and, and Foskey. 
they're the ones that can take a game over. Yeah. And even if it just means that they're not making a ton of plays, but they're eating up a lot of they're blocks. Occupying. Yeah. And then Kurt Heinish and Myron are going off. That's fine. That's impact. And mm-hmm. that's what we need to see from that group. And if they can do that, then I feel good. Barring Notre Dame just turning it over a bunch on offense, you feel really good about where Notre Dame is going to be in regards to winning this game at the end of the day. So I think that's going to do it, Vince. I think yes. this is a matchup that's going to be very intriguing for me. I think the 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 aspect of I think the Notre Dame defense recognizes a lot of the you know the hype and the praise Absolutely. that goes to the Oklahoma State defense. Sure. And sure. this is their chance to hey, you know what? Y'all talk about them, but we're pretty good too. You know, we're we're Notre Dame, man. You know, we've got this thing and and I'm and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. And and it's also interesting too because this is the first time th- this isn't Marcus Freeman running this defense. Yeah, it's going to be different. How do how does Mike Elson and Mike Mickens and Chris O'Leary and Nick Lazinski and those guys? What kind of game plan do they put together? Because you know you don't have Kerry Cooks anymore either. Because he's at LSU, he was an analyst. That's, he 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 helped point. you out. You know you don't have him anymore. You Coach Freeman's kind of still helping you, but he's not quite as engaged as maybe you, he would have been before. So that's the other part of this too. Is how does that how is that going to look? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's that final piece of the puzzle. So. That's going to do it, Vince. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of here for the show? Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. You hit that notification bell uh, if you're watching us on YouTube. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure that you subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Go ahead and like the video, by the way. on, mm-hmm. on And share. Yeah, share it. share it. Talk to your friends. You know, it's funny how many people I, I see walking around that are like, hey, so-and-so told me about your, your channel. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know. Word of mouth, baby. It's the best yep. advertisement we could possibly get. So uh, if, if you refer us to one of your friends or family, we'd really appreciate that. That'd be awesome. Uh, and 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 frankly, look, we're, we're ticking down. We only got a couple more yep. days to go until we get to see this thing live yep. and we get to put to put to bed all of our analysis yep. and just a couple more we got our game ball. prediction show we got a That's couple right. things planned but boy we're getting we're getting closer and closer and closer absolutely to, so to I, this I'm game taking off really looking forward to saturday so for brian he's over here i got i messed it up i'm used to being on the it's other side good. brian it's all good i'm vince thanks for joining us on the irish breakdown podcast Headlines remind us daily. 
The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com